Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. What's up? Welcome into Vandals Weekly. This could be a little bit different of an edition of Vandals Weekly. If you've been tuning in throughout the season, first of all, thanks so much for doing that. Thanks so much for listening. We, myself, Coulter Nuanez, uh, I've covered the Big Sky Conference for 17 years now, and we've covered the University of Idaho at least a little bit since they moved back to the Big Sky Conference in 2018. Skyline Sports now uh, in year nine of, of full-time coverage of the Big Sky and about to celebrate our 10th anniversary this next summer, so that'll be fun. We decided to dive into the Idaho market a little bit more this year, and a part of that's because of a previous relationship that I had with Jason Eck, the head coach at Idaho. I knew him when he was at Montana State in Bozeman, and then I interviewed him a couple times as well when he was at South Dakota State. Always really enjoyed uh, our time talking, and I knew he would be uh, certainly interested in promoting Vandals football. And then uh, uh, Jarek Wolcott, the sports information director at Idaho, he was actually one of my college classmates at the University of Montana, so we kind of put our heads together this summer and said, hey, how do we get some more Vandals coverage on Skyline Sports? So here we are. So if you are one of the listeners of Vandals Weekly, thanks so much. If you are into Idaho football or Idaho athletics and uh, you listen to this, tell your friends that are into it as well. I, I know I can say with confidence at Skyline, we're great at the content part of things. We're great at the distributing the content part of things. Sometimes we're not as great at marketing our own selves and telling our own story. So we've been rolling on this pod for, uh, you know, 10, 12 weeks, and we've had a bunch of interviews with Jason Eck as well as Vandals players, but we haven't really told you about ourselves. So there's my background. Andrew Houghton, the other voice you hear on Vandals Weekly each week, he's been providing all our player interviews uh, this this season, and those have been great as well. So Andrew, just tell the folks, you actually have some some uh, history living in the state of Idaho, but just tell people just kind of about your background. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if we should mention that because that was down in Pocatello, of course. <laughs> right, man. The rivals. Well, I think that they're they're fine talking about Idaho State right now after they just hung fifty six points in the first half on the Bengals. That's right. right. They <laughs> want us to talk about Idaho State as much as possible. Um, I am originally from Washington D.C. and I came out to the University of Montana for college and ended up in journalism school, uh, and since then have been sort of bouncing around. Um, I lived in Georgia for a little while in North Georgia, working for a newspaper down there. I've lived in Missoula a couple of times. Last actual newspaper job was down in Pocatello covering the end of sort of the Rob Fennessy era, Idaho State Bengals, etc. And then I came back up here to link back up with with Skyline Sports and with ESPN Radio. So it's been been a joy this time around, and it's been fun to cover Idaho a little bit more this year. Well, one of the things we always get asked is, who do you root for? And yeah, we are both University of Montana alums, that is true, but we both have a great passion for uh, athletics in the Big Sky Conference, and I can promise you one thing that we make one of our baseline foundational standards, requirements, and just the way that we kind of are is, is to observe this from an objective lens. So even if you're a Vandals fan, you're thinking, oh, Grizz guys are making this podcast. Well, we certainly are University of Montana alums, but uh, we have no fighting or rooting interest in any of this. We just really enjoy Big Sky Conference sports, and more than anything, we enjoy being a part, if not a small part, of the history of Big Sky Conference sports. That's what we want Skyline Sports to be ultimately is good, thorough, entertaining content that also serves as a historical archiving of great small school athletics in a rural part of the country where 
People are incredibly passionate about it. So we don't have any interviews this week. That's a great testament to how well Idaho did this season. They uh, finished the year with an 8-3 and three record and uh, one of those, an, an FBS loss to Cal. Uh, of course, the other two losses uh, to Montana in Moscow and Weber State in Ogden. Yet, though, uh, the big-time win over Idaho State on Saturday, that got them to eight wins and it got the Vandals the four seed. So they have a bye in the FCS playoffs. We'll get into the bracket uh, a little later. But, Andrew, I know that coming out of last year when Idaho was a playoff team but did sort of struggle down the stretch, uh, you were very high on, on Idaho. I think a lot of people were. How does the record but also the seed compare to your preseason and in-season expectations for this Vandals squad? I think the four seed going into the season, I think that was sort of the, the high range of what I was expecting right. for them. You know, I was expecting them to take a step forward, certainly, I forget they were certainly ranked in the top 10, and I think they were in the top five in the preseason poll. That's right. I think they were uh, number eight in one poll and number five in another poll. Sam Herder had them at number five in his Hero Sports poll for sure. So they're definitely top 10 both polls. And that's sort of the range that I thought that they were going to be in. I think if you had asked me going into the season what an appropriate expectation was going to be for this team, I think I would have said that sort of range like the, right. they should be in contention for one of those later seeds they had a tough schedule yes they had the grizz and the cats back to back so you know i thought that they would probably end up right about here and it just i thought you know that would be a good solid step forward for them after they had to go on the road to play in the first round last year now you get a seed but i would have said going into the season they're probably going on the road in the quarterfinals happened that some results broke their way in the last week for right. them to sneak into that number four seed yeah for sure and the other thing that is just secured the number four seed is their win over montana state because i think that we both agreed that idaho was certainly in the mix for a top eight seed but we thought they were probably going to be either the second or third team out of the big sky we thought right. the cats were going to be one and then it would be idaho and or i think we brought probably both thought sac state and then the Grizz would be that fourth team out of the, the uh, big sky. Of course, the Grizz, uh, an unbelievable year, uh, highlighted by that win in Moscow at the Kibbe Dome. But I do I do think that Idaho being in the driver's seat after beating Montana State, but then stubbing their toe at Weber two weeks later, it, it sort of maybe seemed not as, not as much of a surge into the playoffs as some of the other top eight seeds. But that win over Montana State did loom large because I think that that gets Idaho the four seed instead of the six seed. Yeah, I think that's huge, and sort of Montana State stubbing their toe a couple times yeah. down the stretch because that pushes them back. I think also, you know, you can never discount the value of having an FBS win, which that's Idaho right. had in the non-conference, and that makes you look look really good in the non-conference, and I don't know how much they look at this. They're competitive against Cal as well. That's right. Yeah, no, for sure. And then you look at Montana State, and the Cats certainly played a brutal schedule, but they also lost three road games, and granted, they were two three of the top four seeds in this bracket. The Cats lost at South Dakota State in week two. Then they also lost in Moscow uh, at, the end of, at the end of October. And then they also lost in Missoula this last weekend. But still, then you, you, you sort of rack up the quality wins for the Cats. And Sac State's kind of it, you know, because in the non-conference, they beat Utah Tech and Stetson. Yep. So you kind of see that. But I also think that maybe, do you think there's anything to the fact that that uh, the Cats got the six because the committee didn't want them on the same side of the bracket as South Dakota State? Where the Cats were at probably in terms of after the loss to Montana, you'd probably say they're seven or eight. But I think that they wanted to avoid a, a Cat Grizz rematch in the quarters, and they also wanted to avoid a Montana State 
South Dakota State rematch in the quarters. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's sort of what you have to think because you go in and you putting Montana State at number six to me says that they are evaluating the quality of the Big Sky Conference very highly, right? To take an eight-win team uh, from the Big Sky Conference and, and put them at six, it's acknowledging that all of their losses were to very good competition, right? But that's sort of at loggerheads with some of their other takes lower down in the bracket where I'm talking about, like, not putting both Sac State and UC Davis in. So that was a little confusing to me, and I don't really know how much they plan out the bracket based on future m- matchups that they sure. either want that they want to avoid in this case. So so I'm not sure. It's certainly it's certainly not a great spot for Montana State, even though they did maybe end up a couple spots higher than than people thought they were going to. Are you and your family ready to embark on a real estate journey? From finding your first home to tackling complex land acquisition, look no further. The exceptional team at Array Real Estate is here to guide you towards success. At Array Real Estate... The team isn't just your typical real estate professionals. They're your realtors for life, committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Array Real Estate's roots run deep in the heart of the Pacific Northwest as proud alumni of the University of Idaho. The team shares your excitement for the Vandals' return to the Big Sky Conference, and they're thrilled to support it as a presenting sponsor of Vandals Weekly, featured proudly each week in the Big Sky Breakdown podcast series by Skyline Sports. With offices in both Coeur d'Alene and Seattle, Array Real Estate's team is here to create an admirably memorable real estate state experience. Array is dedicated to delivering tremendous value in every transaction because your success is their top priority. Whether you're looking for residential properties, land acquisition, or commercial real estate solutions, Array Real Estate has you covered. They'll take care of all your real estate needs, making your dreams a reality. Ready to take the first step? Discover how Array Real Estate can help you by visiting their website, ArrayRealEstate.com. You can also join their vibrant community on Instagram at ArrayRE to stay connected with the latest updates and opportunities. Array Real Estate, your trusted partners in real estate and proud sponsors of Vandals Weekly at SkylineSportsMT.com. Let Array Real Estate help you with your real estate goals. Contact them today at ArrayRealEstate.com. Okay, so I, I think that's right. I think I don't get in the four seed, getting a buy in the playoffs is certainly uh, really good and, and probably maybe even slightly exceeding expectations I think everybody I know thought they were going to be pretty good and be in contention for a Big Sky title. And that happened. They just happened to not be in the Big Sky title race going into the last week of the season just because of that loss to Weber State. What do we think of the Vandals' draw? I mean, obviously, South Dakota State looms large on that side of the bracket, but the Vandals are going to have to win a couple of playoff games to get there. And even with the sort of resurgence under Jason Eck, uh, that's one thing they haven't done. They have not won in the playoffs. They lost last year in their first playoff game on the road which was kind of part of the uh, the fade down the stretch of that year one under Kochek. But uh, they, they get, Idaho does, they get the winner of Nichols and Southern Illinois. I actually watched Nichols, watched a whole game of Nichols, because that's who opened up with Sac State, and that it was a Thursday game. So I, I watched the whole thing. Nichols plays hard. I thought, you know, they were they were in it with Sac State a little bit, and the Sac State just kind of avalanched them in the second half. It was like, I think, 17 to 14 at one point, and then, Sack so kind of went nuts in the in the second half, and I think they scored three times to make it 34-14. But either way, uh, uh, Southern Illinois, I don't know that much about. I know they're good on defense, and they were you know competitive in the Missouri Valley, which is arguably the best conference besides the Big Sky. So, I mean, what do we think of this draw? 
Well, I think it's it's not particularly a great draw for the Vandals because, of course, you have South Dakota State waiting at the end of it. For sure. But I think it is potentially a very valuable draw no, for, sure. for a team like Idaho going forward. I would guess they're going to play Southern Illinois in that first round. I know I, I watched a little right. bit of that Nichols game as well. Nichols didn't beat anybody outside of the Southland Conference. That's right. So I, I'm sort of questionable on them. I mean, they were 6-4 and four overall. Ironically, 6-4 and four overall, 7-0 and oh in league because they had that right. forfeit win over Northwestern State after Northwestern State abandoned its season. So the numbers don't really work out. But, and that's a, that's a tough first game after the bye because I think, you know, they're an MVFC team. If Southern Illinois does end up going through, they're tough. They're, they're going to play hard. They're not going to be scared, right, by going to the Kibbe Dome because they've played in the Fargo Dome. So that's one thing. And then after that, you know, the Albany game, we'll see. But it's huge to have that game at home. And then what I think is potentially very valuable about this draw, right, is, okay, it's tough going to South Dakota State if you make it through. But in terms of building your program up, it's also super important to go and experience those that's games. Right. Yes, right. To see the elephant, as Jeff Choate used to say. You, know, you get to experience it's a it's a direct barometer when you get to play the team that is either the defending champion or the future champion or in this case it might be both or just just the alpha right yeah, so to that's play right. the alpha right. dog to go in there and to see we're going to have to beat a team of this caliber every season because whether it's NDSU or SDSU or the Cats or the Grizz and we'll see and I would argue that neither of those Montana teams have quite reached that level yet that's right but for the past decade plus, there's been a team of that caliber That's at the right. top of the FCS that you're going to have to beat, and more than likely, you're going to have to beat on the road in the playoffs to get to where you want to go. So in terms of, again, taking the next step for this program, I think it is a very valuable potential draw because you're playing at home for the first couple. I mean, last year, great first step. You yes. get to the playoffs. You end up having to go on the road. You lose it. What's the next step if we're building up here gradually? You got to get that first playoff win. You're going to have a great chance to do it. And then even if the U Albany game ends up in a, in a toss-up, right, even if they lose that game, I think getting that first win is hugely valuable. And if they win that Albany game, first of all, huge win for the program. Puts you into the semifinals. Second, just being able to go to SDSU, and I don't think they're going to win that game. I'm not sure they'll have much of a chance to win that game. Still valuable for for building the program. For sure. And you never know. Like, I mean, it, it is an interesting matchup just because Idaho does – I mean, they can gash you with their, their uh, explosiveness in the pass game, and they will have mismatches on the, the perimeter for sure. They, we're getting way too far down the road because we're, we're going to do some more commentary here on Vandals Weekly. But uh, an SDSU-Idaho game would be uh, an intriguing one at the very least – and it is important. I mean, you look at Montana State and the pro- the progress they've made as a program within the big sky. Well, they lost to the eventual national champion in 2018 when they played North Dakota State in the second round. They lost to North Dakota State in 2019 in the semifinals of the SCS playoffs. Montana State lost to North Dakota State in the 2021 national championship game. And then last year, they could have got another set at NDSU, but instead they lost at South Dakota State. So they have lost to the eventual national champion, Four years in a row, as as now Montana State working on their fifth straight playoff berth. So that is, uh, I mean, seeing the elephant is is important because you can see how far you are away, right? I mean, and I also think it keeps you hungry as a program. Like when Montana State won eleven games 
in 2019, and they beat the absolute hell out of the Grizz, and then they win two home playoff games, and then they go to Fargo and get beat 49-14. You can say, oh, great, we had this awesome year. You're not resting on your laurels because you just lost your last game by, you know, five touchdowns. That's exactly what happened to the Cats last year, too. They got ran out at South Dakota State. So, you know, I do think that is important, like you're talking about, in terms of program building. Well, it's hugely important, especially for this Idaho team, because you still have Giovanni McCoy for That's a couple right. more years. That's you still right. have Anthony Woods That's right. for a couple more, you know, knock on wood, for right? For sure, for sure. Just because of the way that college football is these days. Their whole, Idaho's whole offensive line is freshmen and sophomores, that, you know, against Montana State. Jason Nick referenced that they started four freshmen, including three true freshmen on defense. So they are, by and large, young. It's just the it's just the skill players. It's Hayden Hatton and Jermaine Jackson that are old. That are, that are going to leave, right? Yeah. But Giovanni McCoy is the, the key part of it, That's right. right. He's only and, a sophomore. And if he hangs on, right, you have a couple more years with him if he stays in Moscow. He's done a lot of great things in his career, of course. He doesn't have any conception of what it's going to take to win these road playoff games that we're talking about against the Alpha Dog teams. You need to get him experience with that. The only way that you can you can deal with it, as you mentioned, is by is by seeing it. And I would expect them to be overwhelmed in that game, right? The point is that you're not overwhelmed two years from now in that game when Giovanni McCoy's a senior. Coulter, you know what I call people who only grill in the summers? What's that, Gus? Morons. There's no better time to grill than in the middle of winter, boots on, snow falling, nose freezing, meat sizzling. And if you want to be the master of the winter grill, you got to make sure you're stocked up on Alpine Touch. The pepper blend is an old standby. The, the prairie fire will certainly keep you warm on the inside during the cold winter, and the chili sublime will remind you of warmer summer days to come. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around the state of Montana or at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Battles Weekly, SkylineSportsMT.com, an extension of the Big Sky Breakdown podcast series. One of our great friends here at the Big Sky Breakdown and at Skyline Sports is Alpine Touch. And Alpine Touch is known as Montana's Special Spice, but Alpine Touch is actually all over the Northwest. They're available at retail locations throughout Idaho. So if you are listening to this and you live in the Gem State, you can get Alpine Touch at Costco all throughout the state of Idaho. You can also order it anywhere in the world, alpinetouch.com. It's a great gift, little gift package for your friends and family over the holidays. They have a new Big Sky Bird Blend to put on your turkey or your prime rib all holiday season long. They also have a new jerky season with Alpine Touch. That's delicious. I keep some in my golf bag. They also have an assortment of other seasonings, a cold smoke rub that's a collaboration with the Kettle House, the best rub for anything pork. Alpine Touch makes the best Montana gifts for the holidays and stocking stuffers. Even if you're in Idaho, visit alpinetouch.com, Alpine Touch Montana's special spice. Okay, so this next part is going to be a little bit of a, a dual-purpose repurpose, and we will put this on our Big Sky Breakdown analysis podcast here in a minute. But I just want to lead with this because it has an Idaho angle. The all-Big Sky teams were out uh, earlier this week as we record this, the day before Thanksgiving. And... Uh, nary uh, an argument from us. I thought actually the the first team all big sky was was pretty darn good. And when you look at the uh, the other big time awards within the conference, I thought it was impossible to argue Bobby Houck as the coach of the year. I personally thought it was impossible to argue against Alex Gubner, the defensive tackle for Montana, as defensive player of the year. Although you you could certainly make strong arguments for guys like Winston Reed at Weber State, Brody Greeby at Montana State. Eli Gilman, I thought surefire freshman of the year. 
Clifton McDowell is certainly one of the leading candidates for newcomer of the year. But offensive player of the year was the one that maybe had a little bit more candidates. And I think that we both were in agreement that maybe somebody from Idaho should be that guy. I thought it was Devontae McCoy. You thought it was Hayden Hatton. Make your case. Well, he's just the best player, Coulter. I mean, we've been saying it all year. He's the the best wide receiver in the league. He's the biggest mismatch in the league. He's the one guy, I think. You know, Lane Larison from UC Davis ended up winning it, and I— so I'm fully fine with him winning it, and I think I would have been fine with McCoy winning it probably too. I just think so much of McCoy's success is, is due to what Hayden Hatton does, and he's the one guy who can sort of do it without any help. I mean, if you put him in single coverage, he's just going to make the play every time. I mean, you should have seen how some of these teams were covering him down the stretch. You know, Brett Hine was tweeting about it during the Weber State game. The Idaho State guys were tweeting about it during the Idaho State game. It's like they're playing 8 to 10 yards off of him on every snap because you just have to and I think that he had a good season he led the conference in receiving yards per game if the guy that we know is the best offensive player has a season of that caliber I think he should just give it to him he had some huge games as well 11 catches for 139 yards and two scores and almost brought Idaho all the way back against Montana yeah seeing something like that live for sure Montana has the best defense in the league who's the one guy that they could not stop I mean Montana was in full control of that game and the only reason that wasn't a multiple score beatdown was that Hayden Hatton kept him what Hayden Hatton and Javon McCoy I mean and that's why you can make you can make arguments on both sides for sure Uh, Hatton's other two big games came against Northern Colorado where he had six catches for 104 yards and a score he also had 14 for 175 and a touchdown uh, against Weber State and uh, he had four for 63 against Montana State. He also had a couple touchdowns last week against Idaho State before taking taking a spot out next to Jason Eck on the sideline because they needed to get him out of there where they're up 56 nothing at halftime. So could have had some bigger stats in those games as well. At the final till the tape for Hayden Hatton during the regular season, 75 catches for 985 yards and nine scores. Yeah, I guess he didn't lead the lead in receiving in, in receiving. So that to compare that from last year, he had uh he had eight less catches for about Oh, I don't know. Do the math. They're about 140 yards less, but he did have seven less touchdowns. Sometimes I think, I feel like superstars can be victims of their own success if they have big years, especially earlier in their careers. Cooper Cup kind of went through this as well, right? Like the year Cooper Cup was Big Sky MVP, he freaked all the way out. And then the next year, he also freaked out. He just didn't freak out as much as he did the year before. And so he got like penalized for that almost. Do you think that's a part of this here? Definitely, right? Or like Nikola Jokic last year and not right, getting right. the MVP for the NBA yeah I mean a little bit yeah you, you, it's human nature to to see those lines and think okay this is his new baseline right yes, especially right. because another year in the offense with Jason Eck another year in the offense with Giovanni McCoy those, that's huge for development right so it's so it's just natural to think okay he's going to be better right. next year or at least this is his floor now, maybe for everything except the ridiculous touchdown numbers last year. Yeah. So when he takes a, a little bit of a step back, and the other thing, right, is the rest of the league sort of caught up with that allows the rest of the players yes. in the league to catch up with him a little bit. And I think Cody Hawkins going to Idaho State and having Chet and James actually lead the league in receiving. He was the only guy with more yards than Hayden Hatton, and putting you know Christian Fredrickson in the top four as well with. Stats that are are not really close to Hayden Hatton's, but there's a couple guys up there with him this year. It just makes him look a little bit less special. I think the other thing in my argument for him would be he's the face of that program, right? And, you know, Jason Eck is the the outward face, but among the players, Hayden Hatton is the spokesperson. Oh, yeah. The the charismatic leader, 
Yep. The outward uh, demonstration of what Idaho football wants to represent, and that's not it's not a shot on Giovanni McCoy, right? No, Giovanni it's not. McCoy is, is a soft spoken guy, and you need that too. And clearly, his leadership style works for them. But Hayden Hatton is is the face of the program. That's right, no doubt, and he's the king of Moscow too. I mean, he comes after they beat Montana State. He comes strolling in the corner club. It was a tough couple nights before Halloween. He's already got his his Halloween costume on, and he, I mean, this guy's the king of the world in that exact little kingdom. Uh, pretty fun to watch. To reference my Cooper Cup deal, Cup had 114 catches for 1,642 yards and 19 touchdowns in 2015 on a non-playoff team. The following year, he actually had three more catches and 60 more yards, two less touchdowns, but he played in f- three extra games because Easter Washington went to the uh, FCS semifinals. But either way, I mean, Cup Cup is peerless. He's unbelievable. My argument, Vandals Weekly, presented in part by Old Works Golf Course. Gem in Anaconda, Montana. It's a Jack Nicholas course. It's a great place for destination golf. So if you're not from Montana, but you want to know where to play golf in Montana, you'll never forget Old Works. They got all sorts of slag in the sand traps from the old smelters that are black. And it just makes for such a crazy visual and just really challenging sand to play out of. And there's a whole bunch of it. Old Works hosts tournaments uh, all summer that shows you their prestige u.s open qualifiers u.s amateur qualifiers professional level course for sure jack nicholas design course i know winter time's upon us not golf season really in montana or idaho anytime soon but they have a great simulator practice facility out there as well so if you're driving through you want somewhere to play golf go check out old works golf course proud to present vandals weekly each week here on the uh, big sky breakdown skyline sports mt.com my argument for giovanni mccoy is that i think idaho is is exceptionally talented uh, at certain parts of their roster but I also think they have a little bit of a top-heavy roster because they do have so much inexperience, especially on the offensive and defensive fronts and just on their defense in general. But they're able to sort of mitigate that inexperience because of the style that they play. And the guy that helps that enforce the style that they play more than anybody is Javadi McCoy. His ability to control the huddle, and it truly control the huddle because they actually huddle for like 20 seconds at a time all the time. Control the huddle, control the clock, control the pace, but also run around and make plays, keep plays alive. All of those things. I mean, looking at Idaho's time of possession, I think is more important. Looking at their time of possession, their third and fourth down conversions, and the the elongated nature in which McCoy can keep plays alive, those are all more important than however many yards and touchdowns he threw for this year. I think that's right. I think that's that's correct. I mean, Montana could have had a dozen sacks in that game that's right. in the Kibbe Dome instead of just a half dozen. I right. mean, he was, he was on the run a second and a half into the play every play. I mean, that, that game, he was running around so – his runs were so elongated that I started putting a timer on him on my phone so I could tweet about it. And he had multiple times where I was tweeting about the play lasting for six to ten seconds. That's crazy. It's hugely important. How much of how much of ex-confidence on third and fourth downs, though? I'm sure a lot of it stems from Giovanni McCoy. How no much doubt. of it stems from having a wide receiver you can throw the no, ball to on too. a curl or a slant and get six or seven yards every time on one of those, or, or you know, 70% of the time? Uh, not to, not to, and I don't know how many UC Davis fans are going to be listening to this podcast, Lane Larison had a ridiculous season as well. I did, Looking at it, he only played in, in eight games. <laughs> He averaged 140 yards a game. I mean, nobody, he's the only 1,000-yard rusher in the league, right? Only, Yeah, only played in eight games, had 13 touchdowns. Nobody else in the league was over 100, and only one other guy was over 80 yards per game. So even if you dock him for, for a couple missed games, I mean, he still led the league in rushing by 150 yards. I, I would say that the three candidates for Offensive Player of the Year were Javon McCoy, Hayden Hatton, and Lane Larison. So giving it to Larison, uh, I got no problem with. It should have been a key factor on a playoff team, but UC Davis got snubbed. More on that a little later on. 
here on Vandals Weekly uh, from the Idaho side of things, in case you hadn't seen this, Javon McCoy was the first team all conference quarterback. I think there's no argument there with that, right? I mean, Tommy Mallott was the second team. You might even be able to argue that just because I thought Sean Chambers was better at at Montana State. And then Kikovis Barris, who was the leading passer in the league, he was the honorable mention guy. There wasn't a third team uh, this year. But McCoy, I mean, that that's a that's sort of this consolation prize, but I think that's right, right? He should be the, the first team all league quarterback, no doubt. Well, I argued for that in the preseason. I'm yeah, sure no you'll remember. And I, I, know. I think he just I know he did. I, he he kept things rolling. He's so important to that offense for all the reasons that that you mentioned. And um, yeah, I mean, sort of a down quarterback class in the Big Sky this year too, as well. For sure, I do think there's guys with a lot of potential. I mean, the fact that McCoy is only a sophomore. I also think that Miles Hastings probably didn't get the love he deserves, but he'll be back next year as a senior, so that could be pretty good. Um, I mean, and then one of the best quarterbacks in the league is Sean Chambers, and he split time all year. So, you know, he does land on the uh, the all-purpose – or uh, on the first team, excuse me, as an all-purpose player. Other Idaho guys with honors, of course, Hayden Hatton was a unanimous first-team all-league selection. Anthony Woods joins Larrison as the first-team all-conference um, running back. I think that's right. Nobody on the tight ends or lines for uh, Idaho uh, on the first team, and I think that that's exactly right just because they just don't have anybody with – experience really at those positions those are places where they got a bunch of young uh, up-and-comers Marcus Harris lands on the first team defensively I thought that was right I, I thought that the uh, I thought the the corners were uh, the, the the defensive backs on this list were absolutely nailed I thought the best corners I saw this year were Marcus Harris at Idaho Maxwell Anderson at Weber State Cameron Broussard at Sac State and then the Montana corners and all those guys are are on uh on the list for sure. So I thought uh, I thought that was really good uh, on the coach's part. Other Idaho guys that earned all-conference, Jermaine Jackson was second-team all-conference at wide receiver. I think that's spot on. And then Ricardo Chavez was second-team as a punter. I thought that was maybe a, a, a little bit low. Brendan well, he was first-team as the kicker and second-team oh, okay. as the punter. Chavez be, should be just first team, whatever he is. He's the best at all of it. He's the best. He's definitely the best at all of it. Brendan Hall getting punter. Uh, Brendan Hall was good at, at punter for sure. I thought Chavez was equally as good, if not more impressive. Uh, and then, of course, Jermaine Jackson was also a second-team all-conference selection as a punt returner. I mean, Jackson would have been first-team all-league at punt returner in any league in the country except the Big Sky because Junior Bergen's in the Big Sky, right? Yes. I mean, Judah Berger is going to be the, the first team All-American punt returner on every list. If you actually watch both of those guys, I mean, it is really close. And oh, they're both sure. they're both like such quintessential um, blueprint punt yep. returners because they're small. They're so quick in space. Yep. They both, But they both have great vision, which you need as a punt returner. And I agree with you. Bergen is, Bergen is the best. Jackson's only a, a hair behind him. Other Idaho guys on the honorable mention, Aiden Napick, who's an offensive lineman. Keyshawn James Newby, who I, I thought he was good when I saw him in person against Montana. He didn't play against Montana State. He's actually a guy that's from Montana, then went to high school in Pocatello, and uh, then went back to... No, high school in Helena. No, high school in Helena, right. He's from Pocatello, that's right. Went to high school in Helena, played at Carroll, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Carroll College, and then transferred back to Idaho. But I thought he was good, so I'm glad he got a little bit of a nod. 
Dallas Ofala from the Idaho defensive line also landed on the honorable mention, as did Trey Thomas as a linebacker. Uh, Ziri Alexander uh, as a linebacker from Idaho as well. And uh, then Jermaine Jackson also was on there as a kick returner. So certainly uh, plenty of love. And again, there's no third team all-conference. Any other notes on the all-conference stuff? Again, we're going to repurpose some of this stuff on the Big Sky Breakdown for later on this week. I don't think so, especially as it pertains to the Idaho guys. Keyshawn James Doomy actually went to Tech. Oh, right, Montana Tech, that's right. From Helena, went to Montana Tech, then transferred in uh, to the University of Idaho. Vandals Weekly here on the Big Sky Breakdown, presented in part by Array Real Estate. Visit ArrayRealEstate.com. Are you and your family ready to embark on a real estate journey? From finding your first home to tackling complex land acquisition, look no further. The exceptional team at Array Real Estate is here to guide you towards success. At Array Real Estate... The team isn't just your typical real estate professionals. They're your realtors for life, committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Array Real Estate's roots run deep in the heart of the Pacific Northwest as proud alumni of the University of Idaho. The team shares your excitement for the Vandals' return to the Big Sky Conference, and they're thrilled to support it as a presenting sponsor of Vandals Weekly, featured proudly each week in the Big Sky Breakdown podcast series by Skyline Sports. With offices in both Coeur d'Alene and Seattle, Array Real Estate's team is here to create an admirably memorable real estate state experience. Array is dedicated to delivering tremendous value in every transaction because your success is their top priority. Whether you're looking for residential properties, land acquisition, or commercial real estate solutions, Array Real Estate has you covered. They'll take care of all your real estate needs, making your dreams a reality. Ready to take the first step? Discover how Array Real Estate can help you by visiting their website, ArrayRealEstate.com. You can also join their vibrant community on Instagram at ArrayRE to stay connected with the latest updates and opportunities. Array Real Estate, your trusted partners in real estate and proud sponsors of Vandals Weekly at SkylineSportsMT.com. Let Array Real Estate help you with your real estate goals. Contact them today at ArrayRealEstate.com. Uh, any other thoughts or points to make about Idaho? My whole deal coming into the year was that the, the biggest narrative around Idaho was their ability to handle sort of the hype and, and the fact that they're not a surprise team anymore like last year when they were winning and they came to Missoula and won it's like whoa whoa Idaho's here Idaho Idaho's on the rise well then coming into this year was oh Idaho's going to be a national contender how do you think that they handled it now that uh, the dust has settled at least on the regular season or is that to be determined depending on how they do in the playoffs well you always got to say that that this is when you prove how well you handle it in in November I guess December is when they'll be playing their first playoff game but Right now, I would say they they did really well. I think they leaned into their identity. Uh, they didn't let the spotlight get them away from what they wanted to do. They figured out um, really quickly how they wanted to win games, where you talk about the, the ball control offense, being very aggressive on, on third and fourth downs to keep drives alive, and, and just sort of grinding away at teams. And I think that kept them stable throughout some of the stuff that we talked about, you know, losing guys on the offensive line. Uh, that turned into what for a lot of teams would have been a real crisis because everybody was getting pressure on them, not just Montana. They were able to stick to what they did. Uh, they were able to, and I guess we'll we'll see here again on this point, because I don't think Idaho State really counts for much, talking about bouncing back from that Weber State game. Uh, but of course, they bounced back already once this season from the Montana loss by beating the Cats next week. So so the trend line there is good as well. Uh, so I've I've been really impressed with them this season. And you know, they definitely took a step forward whether Idaho took a step forward from 
breaking onto the scene to true national contender? I'm not sure. I think there there's a tier in between those two things, and I think that's probably where they are right now. But I think last thing that I guess I would say for everybody listening, just be excited about the potential yes. of this playoff run. At what point in this run are you playing with house money? After you win the first game. You win the first game, you're playing with house money. You're playing with house money against Albany. Yeah, right. Or whoever whoever comes through. Whoever comes through. The fun part for them is that they... There was like this return pilgrimage to the the Kibbe Dome. Like I the Kibbe Dome's had a, a a good okay turnout for a long time. I've covered some games there in the past, especially when I know it was FBS, but they were playing Big Sky teams. But now everybody's back. I mean, it was sold out for all four of their home games. They only got four home games, so now they at least get two more if they can take care of business uh, in the first one. Yep, that's absolutely right. I'm expecting the Kibbe Dome probably going to be rocking. And, and yeah, I mean, once you get past that first game, you've already taken the step forward from from last year that you needed. You got the playoff win. Albany's a good team, or whoever ends up in that game. In the quarterfinals, you're in the FCS quarterfinals. At that point, you're at home. You just enjoy it. I don't think they're going to get... Uh, blown out in that game in a way that would would think there's going to be real problems with the program. I think it'd be a close game, and if you lose that game to the number five seed and you're the number four, you just sort of shrug your shoulders, say we had a good run, and we'll take another step forward uh, next year. But you got to get that first one. I totally agree. Vandals Weekly presented in part by Old Works Golf Course. Also presented by Alpine Touch. Visit alpinetouch.com. Get all your holiday shopping done. I promise you, friends, family, everybody's going to love the Alpine Touch gift packages. It's also presented by Array Real Estate offices in Coeur d'Alene and Seattle. Visit ArrayRealEstate.com. For Andrew Houghton, I'm Coulter Nuanas. This was fun. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back with a Vandals Weekly featuring Jason Eck and an Idaho player to preview the matchup between uh, whoever is able to emerge. Nichols at Southern Illinois on Saturday. Vandals Weekly, SkylineSportsMT.com. Well, we love new friends here at the Big Sky Breakdown, and we have a new presenting sponsor, spearheading our new expansion, Vandals Weekly, but also as a part of the Big Sky Breakdown as a whole, Old Works Golf Course in Anaconda. It's an iconic place, a Jack Nicholas course. If you've never been there, you've never seen it, you got to look up pictures and you got to go check it out. The sand traps, which are prevalent and very challenging, they are all over the place, and they're filled with black sand. It is an unbelievable visual spectacle to see. And that, plus the elements and the way that it's carved into the mountainside there, it makes it an incredibly challenging course. For all you Bobcat and Grizzly people, if you're in Missoula, in Bozeman, in western Montana, in southwestern Montana, it's a perfect center point right in the middle of everything and the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey, is now open all winter long. Expert swing and mental coaching for you all off-season. They also have cl- custom club fitting, multiple state-of-the-art trackman simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works to schedule your winter session, 406-563-5989. That's 406 563 5989. Old Works and their awesome PGA Improvement Center. The perfect spot for any golfer all winter long.